Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Ask Alice. This week's question I picked from my Instagram. I'm going to keep the sender anonymous, but it was something that I feel is so true to my journey and something that I really wanted to talk about. So I felt it was a really good time to address this on the podcast. So the question read, how do I move away from calorie counting and start intuitive eating without gaining weight? And I think, again, like I said, this comes at a really poignant time because this is something that I've really worked on over the last sort of three, four years, I'd say, of moving away from being someone who tracks absolutely everything that I eat and instead moves into a more intuitive way of eating. And I feel like I'm now at a place where I'm in such a good way with my food. I've really worked on my relationship with how I eat and what food means to me and all of those things that I feel like I can now give this a really a really helpful answer, I hope. That being said, I am not a dietitian or a nutritionist. And I think it's really important to kind of caveat this conversation by saying that if you're someone who is finding that they're struggling with their relationship with food, I'm not the person to come to for that. There are people who are so brilliantly set up to help you with those situations. And I really believe that um, it's important that I advocate that uh, before I say anything in this conversation, the first thing I want you to do if you are struggling is to make sure that you speak to someone who is a registered dietitian or nutritionist. So that out the way, from a more personal perspective, I feel like I can give uh, advice when it comes to um, this question. So the first thing I wanted to jump in by saying is that I hear this real juxtaposition in the question that you've written in, and I'll explain why, but it sort of says, I want to move away from calorie counting and start intuitive eating. And that bit is kind of fine. And I, and I really appreciate that, but I guess the, the, the difficult part of that um, question really came at the end when it says without gaining weight. Um, Cause I think that whilst I totally empathize absolutely with where you're coming from, and this would have been me asking this question like four years ago, absolutely. I just feel that those two things don't necessarily go hand in hand. And that's not to say that as soon as you stop tracking and you start intuitive eating, you're going to gain loads of weight. Absolutely not. And that might not be the case. But I think that for me to stand here and say, you know, if you want to completely stop tracking 
start eating intuitively that your body might not change even a little bit is probably, um, I, I just couldn't confidently say that. Um, so I want to go into a couple of different points on today's question. My first thing I guess to say is that, you know, let's talk about tracking. Um, for those of you that might not be familiar with what I mean by that, calorie tracking or macro tracking is something that kind of rose to popularity within the bodybuilding space and then has kind of spilled out into the general fitness population as a way of being able to manage your energy intake and as a result, manage body composition uh, within that. So um, often it's a case of either tracking solely calories, but but normally macros. And by that, we mean our macronutrients. So our proteins, our fats and our carbohydrates that we're eating each day and controlling those numbers so that we're eating at a point that is either creating a calorie deficit, eating at maintenance, or eating in a caloric surplus, depending on what our goals might be. Typically, um, we see people that are looking to opt for a calorie deficit if they're looking to lose weight. We're looking at people who are wanting to maintain weight, being in a maintenance phase with that, and people that are wanting to gain weight, they tend to be in a calorie surplus. Again, not always, but but typically. Um, what we know about tracking is that it can be, not always again, and I think it's really important to not speak in absolutes on these things, but it can be quite restrictive um, and it can create sort of rigidity within our relationship with food. And by that, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty inflexible in terms of, yes, okay, you can eat what you want within that calorie or macro kind of um, target. But when it comes to our kind of intuitive relationship with food and our hunger and our fullness signals, there's not a busting amount of flexibility within that. Again, not always. Some people can eat and have a very positive relationship with food and roughly stick to, you know, tracking macros and find that they can be hugely flexible within that. Um, but I think that from personal experience and from many conversations I've had with others, typically there's not a, a huge amount of flexibility within your diet. Um, and, and often what we see is that, you know, tracking for a certain goal can then lead to not being able to eat without tracking. And I think that's what I tend to see more of. I'm not saying again that that's always the case, but it can happen that someone starts tracking their food or tracking their macros to achieve a certain goal, but then they become quite dependent on knowing what those numbers are each day. And they feel that if they veer away from knowing those numbers or tracking in that way, that they uh, might fall off plan, might gain body fat. Um, and it creates this kind of Again, like I said, that rigidity within our relationship with food. So if tracking is what you're doing, there isn't actually much wiggle room for being intuitive with what you eat because there's basically boundary set of what you can eat of each macronutrient and having to hit those every day means, again, there's less flexibility within the diet. There's less intuitiveness. Um, a couple of places where it can start to actually cause some issues as well, particularly when if you're wanting to eat more intuitively is things like, you know, eating out, um, tracking can kind of, and I, and I know that I absolutely had this, that when I religiously tracked my food, eating out became a real trigger point for me and actually something that I massively avoided for quite a long time, just because when you go to places where you don't know what the calories are in the food, um, and which is why I find it quite deeply problematic that we're now having calories on menus. And again, that's a whole nother conversation. And again, it's not always problematic. It can be helpful for some people, but my kind of take on it is 
you know, that it can trigger those kind of controlling behaviors. And for example, you know, if we're talking about intuitive eating being the goal, if you're tracking and if you're, for example, even eating out, my tendency would always have been to have chosen the lowest calorie option on the menu. And I know that so many people can relate to that. You know, you go to a, a restaurant and you scan the menu and you think, oh, that's the thing that I really want to order. But actually, oh, I'm going to feel really guilty if I have that. So let me choose the lowest calorie thing on the menu, which isn't probably what I'd really want to choose, but it's what I'm going to choose because I'm trying to stick with a certain tracking metric or, you know, I'm just actually feeling the, the kind of the, the guilt of choosing something that feels a little bit more off plan than choosing the lowest calorie option. Um, so I think that, you know, tracking can be a useful tool. There are many trainers and many people who use it as a helpful way of being able to, particularly with clients who are coming from bigger bodies and who are wanting to lose weight uh, for health reasons. You know, there, there are many people who find it a beneficial tool. So at no point am I sitting here and saying, it's awful, don't use it ever. I very much sit on the fence and say, it can be great in certain situations and it can be really bad in certain situations. And it's all dependent on the context of the person sat in front of you. So I, I'm not being super generalized here. Again, it all depends on the person. But coming back to your question and what you're asking for is how to move away from calorie counting and start intuitive eating without gaining weight. Let's really dig into that. The first thing I want to say to you is if this is the goal, there is a chance that if you've been tracking for a long time, and many people who've tracked their calories for a long time will know this, the chances are that you've probably developed a pretty good understanding of how many calories are in most of the foods that you're consuming. You might not be 100% accurate, but you know you do develop. For example, even now, as someone who religiously tracks for a long period of time, if I knock up a meal at home, generally, and whilst I try not to think about this now, there is a part of my brain that knows roughly, you know, what's in half an avocado, what's in two eggs, what's in a slice of bread, what's in, I don't know, whatever it might be. You know, I roughly know the calories of certain foods just because I, I did it for so long. So there is a chance and, and there's absolutely possibility that if you're wanting to move away from calorie counting, and again, that goal of you saying, I, I don't want to lose weight. And I'm not going to dig into that too much because, again, that's a whole other conversation. But just to specifically answer your question, there is a chance that you've probably developed enough of a, an understanding of what's in most of the food that you're consuming that you might be able to lean into eating more intuitively. It won't be absolutely intuitively because, again, that, there'll still be that control element of knowing what's in certain foods. But if you're wanting to move away from tracking, there is a chance that you know, most of the foods that you're going to be consuming day to day, week to week, you're going to know roughly what you're eating. And there is a chance, therefore, that you might, won't stray too far from uh, the body that you're currently in, because you'll probably be eating roughly the same amount, just because you've had that habitual way of knowing what's in things and knowing how much you're eating. But, you know, if I were to be honest with you, does this make it intuitive eating? No, not necessarily. I mean, it, it's more intuitive. It's it's less controlled, but it's not intuitive in the truest sense. But it is moving away from religiously tracking. And I think that's a positive thing. So that could be part of your kind of phase one of moving away from calorie counting. Now, intuitive eating 
is a, a an actual concept. So when we talk about it, it sort of sounds like this kind of wishy-washy term. It's actually a concept that was first developed by two American dietitians, and it's quite a specific methodology. So again, it's sort of been a little bit plagiarized by the fitness industry and used as, not even fitness, wellness industry, and used as a way of kind of describing a way of eating, which feels like what most people want to get to is where they're really honoring their hunger and fullness signals. They're developing a positive relationship with food and they're kind of banning food rules and creating that sense of food freedom. But actually, I'd really recommend, and again, you, you mentioned intuitive eating in your question. So I'd really recommend the book by Evelyn Triboulet. Um, I can put this in the show notes, um, but her book on intuitive eating, it's actually her latest book, which I think is the best. The first one's very quite text heavy. Her latest book is brilliant. And it really digs into the concept of intuitive eating. And as her being one of the founders of that, that kind of um, all pioneers in this space, I think it's a really good place to start. But intuitive eating requires you to do a couple of different things. The first thing is that it requires you to recognize your hunger. It requires you to really tap into what your body is telling you and to be intuitive with that. And I think this is quite an important point because when you have been tracking your calories for such a long time, you can get quite used to suppressing hunger signals. So for example, and I know this from past experience, you know, you'll have a day of eating and maybe you get to the end of that day and you're still feeling really hungry, but oh, you check your calorie tracking app and it says that you're already at your max calories for that day. So you suppress your hunger a little bit or you've planned your meals out for that day, but you get to 3 p.m. and you're really hungry, but you know, you look at what you've put put into your app and actually, oh, you know, there is not much wiggle room for a snack. So you suppress your hunger. So what I'm saying is, is that um, to truly intuitively eat is to honor your body's hunger signals and to listen to those truthfully rather than with the mindset of, oh, I'm trying to stick to a certain calorie target. And so I think that, you know, there might be a habit within you of ignoring hunger signals at points. And so you might find that if you're genuinely leaning into your fullness and hunger signals, you might not, and this is just to kind of, you know, to really be devil's advocate, you might not stay as lean as when you were tracking and suppressing those hunger signals. That's just my honest kind of take on it is that, again, like if intuitive eating is the goal, there is absolutely every possibility that as you start to move away from religiously tracking what you're eating, you start to listen to your body's hunger and fullness signals, you, you may stay in exactly the same body and notice that you actually are able to develop a really positive relationship with food. But on the other hand, you might also notice that your hunger signals are actually really telling you that perhaps you need to be eating a little bit more than what you, that what you were eating. And you know, that, relying on an app to tell you when you're full and when you're hungry isn't actually very intuitive. And so if you remove that and you actually really genuinely listen to your body, you might find that in truly honoring those signals, your body might change a little bit. And um, and that's just kind of par for the course, I guess, if intuitive eating is the goal. Um, moving on to my next two points, these are kind of more practical applications of how I think you should do this. Um, those are my kind of, those first two points are are really about, I guess, understanding the whole picture of what moving away might look like and what intuitive eating really is and how it works. But I think that 
for practical applications and to really try and do this in, in the best way possible. Um, I think the first thing that I did and what I found really helpful was to not throw the baby out with the bathwater, to use that, <laughs> that saying. It's to not delete your tracking app and go, you know, cold turkey. And they might be surprised to hear that, but I think it's really important that I explain why. I think as someone who went from religiously tracking to now not tracking at all and eating very intuitively, the fear of eating the unknown is huge. And so there is absolutely that kind of, oh God, that fear where you're like, I'm suddenly you know, out on my own and I have no idea what to eat or how much, you know, when you've had your kind of diet dictated to you by an app for so long, yeah, it's hard to then move away. And there is definitely aspects of control that come into play and restriction. So my advice is to not delete the app straight away. My advice is instead to learn to wean yourself off it really nice and slowly and at a pace that feels comfortable to you. So in week one or even for two weeks, three weeks, however long it takes, try challenging yourself to just do one day where you don't track anything that you eat. And within that day, try and challenge yourself to eat foods that you don't know the calories of, because there is no point in you saying, right, I'm not going to track for this Sunday. I'm going to eat whatever I want. But actually, Within you, there's instilled that knowledge of, well, I know what's in my breakfast. I know what's in my usual lunch and my usual dinner. So I'm just going to eat those things. And I kind of roughly know that I'm still eating the same calories. That's not necessarily challenging that intuitive nature of eating. That's kind of just, again, like my original point said, that sticking to um, roughly knowing because you've had it drilled into you for so long, the rough calories of, in certain foods. So my challenge to you is, first of all, one day of no tracking. And then within that day, trying to eat foods where you don't know the calories and you don't focus on that aspect of it. It's really about trying to be outside of your comfort zone and lean into. And like a really good example of this is like you pop into the coffee shop and you're going to get a coffee. And in front of you, there's, I don't know, let's call it a, a flapjack or something that's like, you just have a look at it and you're like, oh, and maybe you've just a nice little walk or even if you haven't, there's part of you that says, oh, I really fancy that. And I think that the challenge is to lean into that and allow and, and, and develop that permission to eat, that permission to any food is is on the table, you know, like nothing is off limits we're not creating food rules here. It's just about that intuitive nature of like, I can have this if I want it. And what you'll find is that I don't have it where every time I go into a coffee shop, I then get a cake or a, or a flapjack. But I know that if there's a day where that I do that and I do really want it, that I have full permission to eat that food. And I think that's why intuitive eating is so brilliant is we're trying to ditch those food rules, that voice in your head that says, you can't have this, you can't have that, you can't eat this, this is bad, that's bad. And instead, it gives you choice. It gives you freedom to say, on some days, I'm going to eat a delicious, healthy salad and some fish and vegetables for dinner. And on other days, I'm going to pop into my coffee shop and get that cake because I really fancy it. And so I think the fear that people have is that intuitive eating is suddenly, 
eating absolutely everything in sight and inhaling all the food that you have in the cupboards and suddenly going completely, you know, off the rails. And, and, and you know what, like just to say that happened to me for a long time. So when you said, and in your question about gaining weight, like I definitely did gain quite a bit of like a substantial amount of weight because I had to go through that process because when you've restricted for so long, the tendency to then slip into a binging nature when you suddenly have complete freedom to eat whatever you want is so high and it's hard and it's a process that you do have to go through. And I had to really work through that myself. So, uh, uh, you know, be aware that that might happen. But my, my kind of advice to you is, is this which is why I say weaning yourself off it can help avoid those kind of all out binges and that, that, that way of eating is that if you start slowly, you take the pressure off one day a week, trying to eat a couple of different foods that you don't know the calories of, and you just day by day, week by week, you slowly build the trust within your body that you have full permission to eat whatever you want, but that, and that, that nothing's off limits and there's no rules. But at the same time, eating everything and anything in sight isn't the answer either. Um, and I think that that's a process that I feel is, is is easier to go through if you do it in that slow and controlled way. Um, just challenging your mindset sort of each time you do it, rather than deleting the app and going cold turkey. And like I said, going into that kind of, you know, eating everything and anything um, way of being. So that would be my first practical tip. Um and it really does help you to, I guess, just dip your toe in the water of that intuitive eating without going full throttle and learning to build that trust. Like I said, building trust within our body is so important. The second thing, and it's a really important thing, is to really savor the experience of food. I, I wish that someone had given me this advice really early on in, in my kind of recovery journey, because I think that part of my journey to where I am now, like for example, I just got back from Dubai and I had no control over what I ate there. I was working pretty crazy hours and doing long days and my food was completely out of my control. Now, Alice five years ago would have had a total meltdown about that and it would have massively restricted and it would cause me a lot of anxiety and stress. Alice today was like, I have no control over what I'm eating and I'm just going to lean into the fact that for this week, that's totally okay. And I'm going to, you know, enjoy the process of savoring the experiences that I'm having and the food experiences that I'm having and to really lean into the fact that being out of control is a good challenge for me. So I did a 16 course, you know, Indian food tasting menu and I ate at amazing restaurants and like really challenge myself with those internal food rules. Like even though I'd had one dessert, a second dessert was brought out and you best believe that I reached for it because it was absolutely delicious. And I was like, this is what savoring food experiences is about. And again, going back to my point that I just made, does that mean that I eat that every day? No, but I have full permission to do so. And on opportunities where I can really lean into savoring my food, I do so as well. So I think that um, on the days where you challenge yourself to eat intuitively, so starting off with that one day a week, really lean into savoring the experience of food. Try to reconnect that part of your brain that really enjoys and leans into food 
with that part of you that goes, I have full permission to eat. There becomes this this big disconnect, I think, when you've been tracking for so long that you don't actually, well, I found this anyway, didn't really actually enjoy food that much. Like I just started to eat for eating's sake and because I needed protein and I needed carbs and I needed fats. But did I genuinely enjoy the food that I was eating? No, like I didn't. It just became so loveless, you know, whereas I'm a I love food. Like now I love food. I love trying new foods. I love cooking. I love enjoying meals. And I can genuinely say that part of that healing journey was about really leaning back and leaning into savoring the experience of food, like enjoying the moments where I say to myself, for example, that coffee shop analogy, I'm going to get that cake. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to tell myself that I shouldn't be having it that it's naughty, that, you know, even thinking about the calories involved. No, no, no. I'm going to savor each mouthful and I'm going to give myself full permission to enjoy this piece of food. And I think that's really important in your journey of moving away from tracking and moving into intuitive eating is to really enjoy food. And back to your question, again, can I say that that means that your body won't change? No, it might there might be a, a rocky journey like mine where you go up and you go down and you go round about and you suddenly come out the other side and it can take a long time. Like my love, it's taken me years. However, you get to a point where, you know, like you're walking through a, a like a haze and then suddenly it just all starts to clear and you have this clarity where you're like, ah, I've arrived at a really good place and everything makes so much more sense to me now. And there's a deep sense of like peace within me, within how I am with food. And it is so worth that hazy journey um, because it's a really happy, fulfilling place to be. Um, so I, I wish you well on that journey. I genuinely do. And I really believe that it can be such a, an amazing place to find yourself and, and a lifelong kind of journey, but something that, you know, pays you back no end. So I hope that it it's something that you do challenge yourself to do. And again, my DMs are always open. If you're struggling, lean on me. I've been there. I know what it's like. Um, but I hope that I've answered your question in a, in a gentle and a, and a kind of, or way in which I totally empathize with where you're at and what you're going through. And I, I hope that I can show you that on the other side, it's, it's a pretty good place to be. So, um, yeah, I look forward to hearing how you're getting on. Please keep me posted. And, um, yeah, I hope that's, that's a good answer to your question. So if you have any other questions that you'd like me to answer in next week's Ask Alice, you can send me a DM on Instagram, or you can drop an email to the email uh, that you'll find in the show notes. And I'll be back on Wednesday for our next episode. Insanity Group.